This is Art House Roadshow, a podcast on film, faith, and mental health with your hosts, Kyle Myers and Hank Spaulding. You're listening to an Art House Roadshow movie review. And welcome back to another episode of the Art House Roadshow. My name is Hank Spaulding. I am your host, but I'm joined by two of my co-hosts today um, for our review of Obi-Wan episode four. We are now more than halfway through this series. we got two episodes to go. Um, and you may recall, if you've uh, listened to any of this already, that uh, my two co-hosts are uh, the wonderful and talented Reverend uh, Dr. Luke Harbaugh and Mr. Patrick Taylor. Um, and so uh, okay. I hope... <laughs> so Hank shot first in this movie <laughs> it's great um well anyway gentlemen we are now four episodes in um what we we have a lot of stuff going on obi-wan using the lightsaber a little bit more so what was that i don't know okay Must, right. i think that was my phone <laughs> okay uh anyway sorry i thought you were wanting to say something anyway the uh we got a lot going on here with um castle or fortress inquisitorious some stuff going on with tala um lots of really cool things leia rescued again at least for now um another shot of darth vader lots of good stuff going on here so gentlemen we're now four episodes in a lot of people have said that uh this is a definitive step back from where they were in episode three of obi-wan i'm not sure i agree with that but i'd love to hear your thoughts so what do we think friends reverend doctor i'll follow you (laughs) that's just hank's clever way of of calling to attention the fact that he's the only one in this conversation with the doctorate oh am Um, i i I hadn't noticed (laughs) (laughs) yeah you look at our bank accounts they're still full (laughs) oh man ain't that the truth (laughs) uh let's see I, I did indeed think this was the worst episode of the series so far. Um, I, I think it felt a little filler-like to me. A few things happened, which was good, like things that we, I, I guess, needed to see. But yeah, another another episode of rescuing baby Leia um, was not, I, I think, the most necessary thing um, that the show could have could have used. So I think, yeah, I, I don't know, moved in kind of the wrong direction for me in this episode. I, I get it. I think that I think it was good. I, I don't th- I don't consider it wasted space. We get to see Leia as a kid um, already pretty good at um, resisting interrogation uh, with her uh, with the Inquisitors. I, I thought that was interesting. Um, I like now Obi-Wan kind of taking steps forward here. Uh, I mean, we're getting more of his story. The the um stakes are rising now because now we have the path now we have uh this kind of uh burgeoning uh, i don't know i guess you could call it a resistance uh, of sorts uh getting dragged into it so like i'm i'm interested to see where they go i'm very glad that they didn't draw out the leia rescue for the rest of the series that would have been a bit slow to take um yeah so it was fun to see uh inquisitorious uh the fortress was a pretty fun pretty fun locale um yeah yeah well it's i mean uh, looking kind of like where we're going with this show 
um, and kind of uh, like asking the question, did this take a step back? Did it take a step forward? You know, like it's six episodes is not a lot. I mean, obviously it's more time than what a standard Star Wars film would be. Um, and so in some sense, like I'm feeling like a little like, oh, well, um, don't waste any time because there's only two episodes left and we don't want to rush to the end because if they're setting up for another Vader Obi-Wan fight, you know, and he's still kind of like weak with the force. Cause you know, he like, he moves a little, like he's struggling to kind of move basic stuff. Um, like in this episode a bit, he comes back a little bit with the, um, like keeping the water back from exploding down the hall until he wants it to. So maybe that's a step forward, but he still seems to be really kind of struggling with his connection to the force, which, you know, I, I expected that it wouldn't just be like a switch after the fight. But I thought for sure this episode, like I thought the things that needed to happen in this episode to kind of move the plot forward in certain sense didn't happen, but I'm still, you know, open to it. Even if it's like, (laughs) even if it's the worst episode, like I'm, you know, it's still not, I don't think a bad episode, but like, uh, yeah, um, I thought, I think a lot of people thought because we knew that Obi-Wan was probably going to spend some time in a back to tank that we would get a Clone Wars flashback. That didn't happen. Um, still no sign of Qui-Gon Jinn, if that's going to happen. And so, um, you know, we'll see kind of what happens. But it's interesting to see, like, how they felt they needed to press the, the plot forward, how they decided to do that in this film. I think, the, I think the thing that was hardest for me is, like, the ending. I think that's why I felt a little bit like it was a step back of, like, oh, you let them get to, get away. Oh, don't worry i put a tracker on their ship and it's like okay so you let the person you're trying to capture get away so that you can follow them and then capture him <laughs> yeah. you know like it just it just felt a little bit felt a little bit i don't know and and maybe and they just didn't say it maybe they're trying to get to where obi-wan goes or maybe they're trying to track down you know whoever helped them escape but at the same time it, it just felt a little bit like it went kind of went around in circles a little bit with that particular plot point it just didn't feel like you know if they would have just kept baby leia um, at the end of episode three and not had her recaptured i don't really know if we end up in much of a place that's that much different than we did 45 minutes later after episode four that makes sense yeah that makes that's a good point like we kind of arrived the same place um like then we did then we kind of left it at the end of three that makes sense yeah but there were some good things still that happened in the episode and things that were interesting, you know, so they, they made some, I think, characterization headway. But in terms of the plot, it just felt like, yeah, it feels like we're spinning our wheels a little bit in the middle of the season. Patrick's shaking Wars, his head. It? He's shaking his head. No, I'm just saying that's Star Wars, though, isn't it? I mean, like in episode yeah. four of a movie, they are they're building this Death Star and then they, they blow it up. And then like in episode six, there's a Death Star and they <laughs> try and blow it up. And then in, in episode seven, decades later. They build a, a Death Star and they try and blow it up. And in episode like nine, there's a fleet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of Death Star lasers. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, like you know, it just it feels very like not nitpicky to me, but you know, it's like I'll take a little wheel spinning. You know, it just. <laughs> and I think most I think most series like this, um, you know, you the first couple episodes are are pretty move pretty quick, and there's a lot of new stuff, and in the last couple, you know, really. The, the plot takes off but i think every kind of longer form tv show the middle episodes get a little bit draggy i think it's just kind of nature of the game 
I'll yeah. tell you what didn't drag was uh, very, I think the very opening of the episode, Obi-Wan Kenobi gets out of the back to tank and, and there's the, um, the one uh, guy there and he's just like, you know, oh, he needs to get off of here. You know, we're all in danger. No, seriously, get him out. And uh, I mean, it's like 15 seconds later and he's like, look, if you want my help, all you've got to do is say so. Yeah, like, that I, was I feel like he just did. Like that is, that, I mean, like, I was like boom, the negotiator. He is not. <laughs> That's right. He he Jedi mind tricked him without even trying. Um, yeah, and that's a cameo from isn't that Ice Cube's son? Right, that plays that character. Is oh. that is that really is that true? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I turned to my wife during this episode and almost made the joke like Ice Cube's really good in this, but then I thought that's a little racist. I shouldn't say that. But I <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely that's his... clocked the resemblance there. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's his son. Um, he actually crushed I mean, ice. I think he goes by crushed ice, right? Yeah. Um, he actually, for those for movie fans out there, he played Ice Cube, um, his dad in the film uh, Straight Out of Compton. Yeah, there's so, a factoid. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, there, there's there is something I wanted to get your guys' opinion on because this is something I've been thinking for a while. Like the way that the Inquisitors have always been portrayed in media up until now is that they're kind of just like <laughs> I don't know, like really not great Jedi that were kind of like <laughs> like mistreated or like I mean maybe that's not even the right word to use but um you know they're just not competent and then in this film like in this show like they're kind of given like a little bit more of an edge to them obviously reva seems to be very with it um in some sense um but i mean it it doesn't feel like they're the same like so like for example like when leia's like resisting her (laughs) resisting her kind of intrusion into her mind the kylo ren power if you will um I was waiting for a shirtless Kylo kind of cut away. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go there. Um, yeah. So anyway, it's just, I mean, I don't know what to think about them. In some sense, they seem great. Sometimes they feel like lackeys a little bit, but uh, do, do you feel like there's been a consistent kind of theme about or, or kind of portrayal of these guys in this, uh, in this show? I thought the way they were introduced early, early on was great. Um, you know, I think that first scene on Tatooine with them is really excellent. And the whole little speech of, you know, Jedi hunt themselves and they can't help themselves, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I thought that was really good. I really do. Th- I really do think the Inquisitors lost something when the Grand Inquisitor was killed. Like, I think he was the most interesting out of all of them. Um, yeah. I-, I am speaking of being racist, Patrick. I am struggling a little bit with with Riva's character. Um, and it seems like if you levy like a criticism, it's like, ah, don't don't do that. But um, I think there's like some legitimate points to be made with kind of her portrayal of this character because i and i think a lot most of it has to do with the writing more than the acting because i still don't know what she's after as it ever has been in the star wars universe. right yeah yeah, yeah. that's 100 right but i still yeah. am not 100 sure what she's after right so everybody has talked about her ambition but at the same time like she has not made that clear that that's what she wants and i'm struggling to be like why is why is she doing all this um i don't know i thought we were going to get a deeper dive with her in this episode and all we got were some drips like i had a yeah. droid and uh, you know like some back and i was like i hope any of this is relevant uh because because <laughs> i want to be interested like this character to me like i'm, I'm very interested 
And I think why back to Hank's question is because I loved also the um, portrayal of the Inquisitors in uh, the video game uh, Jedi Fallen Order. I thought they were excellent. Had Inquisitors um, in there. I like the Inquisitors here. Uh, I haven't really clocked kind of a difference. Um, I do enjoy the kind of more competent inquisitorial um, force. Uh, I'm I'm thinking through in real time. Uh, I hadn't really thought about it since the the death of the Grand Inquisitor, but I I tend to agree with that. I want to defend the Inquisitors because I feel like they're an interesting part of the show. But at this point, yeah, I feel like they could be an interesting part of this show. Yeah, I, I mean, I miss the Grand Inquisitor too. Like, I think that, like Luke said, I feel like they work really well as that kind of trio. You know, like at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, and, they, and they've obviously set up, um, set up the kind of the rivalry between Riva and the other main Inquisitor, whose name I do not know. Kind of the third um, brother, right? right? That's, that's what I was going to say. Brother. Kind of, brother? like yeah. There's this little bit of like, uh, but it seems to be the same interaction over and over again, you know, where she'll do something and he'll be like, oh, third sister. And then same thing, oh, third sister. And like, eventually, I guess they're going to come to blows. I don't know. But it do- I feel like it doesn't matter anymore because now like her neck isn't on the line with him. It's yeah. on the line with Vader. Yeah. Like, right. What I feel like it's care kind about of weird, him, kind of you know, manufactured kind of, conflict. Yeah. yeah. We, we leapfrog that. Yeah. No. And I mean, on top of that, they like when they cycled out, basically the Grand Inquisitor they moved in this other inquisitor who really has not spoken a ton. And so mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what to do with her. Like I, like I love, yeah. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like <laughs> they, they feel like they have to have these three kind of spaces, but she has done nothing really, except I think sit in a chair and maybe just stand there menacingly. It would feel better if she wasn't there. Yeah. Like, cause it would, and it would make a lot more sense, especially if they're going to reintroduce the Grand Inquisitor, which um, I, I'm expecting them to do. Um, but like with back to Luke's point, like that kind of the trailer, the thing that got me really excited about the show was that speech that they, that he gives right there in Tatooine. And, you know, when he's like um, intimidating flea, so to speak, to try and get him to tell him where Obi-Wan is at um, like the Grand Inquisitor and, and that actor, um, is is just a really great actor and so i it's it's just really weird because he gets like he gets chopped down kind of like a chump sitting there in the in that hangar at the end of the first episode which i didn't uh, or the no second episode that i really didn't see coming and so yeah it's it's interesting to me to kind of like like this is something that could be done well and they've got really great actors in that in those spots but but yeah and i and back to patrick's point too like um, they've positioned Riva as kind of being like the main kind of like secondary character to Obi-Wan at this point. Like there's obviously Obi-Wan and Vader have a thing, but we don't really know anything about Riva. We got, I'm assuming what was a flashback to order 66 with her, but we've just got nothing since then. Nothing since then. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and you talk and, and you talk about like, okay, you've got this center center of the season episode where it's meanders a little bit and that happens a lot, but like, I think that's one thing that they maybe could have done more like, you know, give us, give us less Obi-Wan in this and give us more inquisitors, you know, and, yeah. and show us more about what that dynamic looks like and yeah. who they are. Like, I think that would be really interesting to do. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, they feel, it feels like they've kind of short. Yeah. Sh- uh, give them short shrift a little bit. Yeah. So it sounds like they're going to have to cram in Obi-Wan kind of like, 
I guess, getting more comfortable with the force. I'm, I'm guessing. Well, do you know um, what, do you know what the run times are for episode five and six? That is an excellent question. I was trying to look that up myself, um, but I couldn't really find that. Um, if you want to look that up real quick, there's, um, I don't know if it's published, but yeah, it may not be. Um, but I mean, I, that's the thing too, like with these shows that they've done with Marvel and um, Disney, like you, you don't know where these shows are going from week to week. I feel like there's in a sense, like, especially with Obi-Wan, it's like, well, I have no idea what's going to happen next. And, and I think there's, that, that's good. Like that we always don't, aren't able to predict it, but um, I'm assuming that, that they're going to probably bring Vader and, and Obi-Wan back together. But, you know, I'm another thing is like, are we going to see Hayden Christensen not, you know, Darth Vader suited? Um, I'll be sad if that's all they give him is like a couple of shots in the back of the tank. And that's right. Well, I mean, this would have been I mean, to your point, I mean, this could have been a point where they would have actually had like uh, less Obi-Wan, but they could have done a few flashbacks and him just have an episode where he's in the back to tank and then focus on Reva and Leia. Um, and maybe even Tala for that matter, giving more of her story. Cause I mean, she, she delivers the line of the show. I think like when uh, Reva, you know, it's like you betrayed everything that you, you are. And she's like, this never, this, I was, this is never what I was. Um, and I feel like there's an interesting story there that I'd, I'd kind of like to see a little bit more of, but um, that's not necessarily criticism. You can't develop everything, but I don't know. I'm intrigued. Um, anyway, there's a lot of other Easter eggs in this thing too um patrick mess mentioned um jedi fallen order and if you played that game you know that there's uh, i'm sorry there's... wait wait have you played that game i have not played that game <laughs> um, just wanted to establish that ooh, still one of the great is, crimes of the 21st century on the record i have not played this game to my shame i have had it ever since it came out but i've never mm -hmm. played it um and both of my friends uh here have played it and it's been and i i, I repent i've i've done i've done poorly in the sight of the lord um but uh but yeah part of that game is um he actually infiltrates castle or fortress inquisitorius and actually does it the same way that obi-wan does through the water um which is pretty interesting we get we get a, a flat we get to see the uh, jedi underwater breather thing that they use in um uh, episode one which is kind of cool nice flashback to that um we get to see leia in a torture scene yet again like even as a kid it's like basically kind of a a mirror kind of image in some sense of like her experience on uh, vader's um star destroyer um in episode it'd have four. been great if the stormtroopers in the room were like six foot eight yeah you know just that's right the stage for her like remembering these giant tall stormtroopers <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> um obi-wan uh in his using the force trick of of the redirection um yes, is exactly cool. what he does in the death star too yeah that, there's a lot of parallels here i my favorite scene just because i thought it was I, I i don't know i just it felt cool like him like the lights getting shut off in the torture chamber oh excellent. him kind of taking out one with his lightsaber and then you know turning it off back in the dark the one kind of being like oh there's no way out oh, and then he gets chops you know I Turns out little... turning on a lightsaber and killing some fools is also like turning on the light. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why Jedi it. fight in the daytime ever. That's right. <laughs> Apparently, uh, an elite military force has not trained for that at all. That's right. It's 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 so funny because like I it, in some sense like the the stormtrooper armor and helmets really just offer no help whatsoever to really anything. 
um they don't have like night vision they don't they don't really like filter out like um do they filter out toxins is that is that do we know that luke uh, i think they um are supposed to so i don't know new canon i don't know what new canon's kind of thing is but old canon is basically that the empire got lazy and uh it was too expensive basically to actually make them make make the body armor quality and actually have breathers in them and stuff and so they basically by the time by the time star wars the original star wars rolls around they're basically just show pieces you know this is my problem and, with star wars is too realistic and the, <laughs> the armor doesn't actually do anything uh but i don't know what it what the disney canon explanation is yeah well, it's it's funny, like you talk about the the stormtroopers being super tall. All I can think about is the uh, blue harvest line. It's like, aren't you a little fat to be a stormtrooper? <laughs> that, that always gets me. Um, what's what's but, the uh, next line? What do they say after that, though? I can't remember. I don't know, Luke. What's what do they say next? You're the only one who can't get fired by saying it. <laughs> well, I actually don't even remember, so I can't be helpful. Well, then it will not be. It will you not type be it in chat. I'll say. <laughs> uh i will i will let patrick do that uh, um but the uh the thing that's really fascinating there's two kinds of stormtroopers that's right <laughs> um oh man i lost my train of thought but yeah this thing does have a lot of like uh easter eggs and kind of callbacks and in some sense this this show does that really well um i think a lot of people were expecting to see uh like more I think they're expecting to see Qui-Gon didn't happen, expecting to see young Anakin in his uh, Star Wars rebel armor, but uh, Star Wars uh, Clone Wars armor didn't happen. Um, what we were given instead are like purge troopers, which is, which is nice. Uh, um, loved that. Um, I enjoyed it. I, the tomb, the Jedi tomb with some unknown Jedi to um, the casual fans, probably. Um and it's it's really interesting. Like, I, there's a question that I want to ask about this to you guys because uh, my parents um, started watching this recently. They haven't made it like to episode four yet, but they've made it as far as episode two. And I asked them kind of like a little bit um, like into the first episode how they're liking it because I kind of was passing like by and like seeing them watch it um, and like I was watching that recap and that recap is just so well done um, that they show at the beginning of the first episode, but you know, they, they really didn't remember a ton. Like if there is such a thing as like a casual star Wars fan, like somebody who will just drop in and watch a movie and then not keep up with it whatsoever, not read any of the comics or any of the novels or like dive into the lore at all. Um, this can be a little disorienting because you can miss a lot. Right. So like explaining to them the whole, like toy that obi-wan was getting for luke um and where that shows up in the original trilogy but um if four episodes in um as you watch this show i mean like what are your thoughts on kind of like who this show is is for like who do you think this is for yeah i, th I think this is for the i think this is for the casual fan but with with little easter eggs baked in for people that are a little bit more serious they go ah that, that's the thing i recognize the thing but like i think you know you, you think about a show that felt like in some way it was necessary to start with a recap of episodes one through three in order to kind of help people wrap their heads around the the story i think that's a pretty good indication 
that like they're going for mass audiences here because part of the assumption there is like you may not have seen episodes one through three at any at any time in the last 15 years so we're going to remind you what happens um and that's generally not us <laughs> this is for yeah. disney's audience yeah yeah and it, it'll never be for anyone else yeah whatever yeah, i mean means. The merchandising thing has been the thing that like has stuck out to me a lot. Like that stupid little droid that Leia has. They've already sold a million of those, right? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, the moment I saw it, I was like, "This is gonna be a feature part of this show because they want to sell this in the theme parks." And then lo and behold, like the very next day, like it's already showing up everywhere mm-hmm. as being kind of a main thing. Same thing with Baby Yoda. I mean, they made so much money off of baby yoda merchandise right that's where the money is in this kind of property but um and then maybe it, and it's always been that way i think right um so yeah it's 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 pretty nuts in that sense um so what do we think of uh like the development then next question of obi-wan so uh t- turned off to the force really um he uh has the fight with vader gets his butt kicked right uh, burned alive basically somehow manages to escape <laughs> um and then um now he is back kind of infiltrating this uh um this uh kind of this fortress and shows a little bit more kind of like jedi like finesse you know with this with the lightsaber using the force in pretty clever ways is this is this a step in the right direction i think patrick's already uh, answered in the affirmative but what do we think about this new kind of like step forward for him? Is that to me as well? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Let's get specific with these handoffs. My bad. I know um, you're good. I, I, I did start. I did already uh, answer kind of in the affirmative. I mean, yeah, it, it absolutely is. He's coming back into himself. He's into the, I mean, he's he's in at this point, and he wasn't in before. He's gone from a guy who meets a Jedi in the desert and just tells him to go home, we lost, uh, to, uh, like, he has answered in the affirmative. Uh, like, I, I think the question of the episode was voiced by the, is she the third sister? I'm, I'm, Which, yes. The okay, thank you. I get it mixed up with Fallen Order. Um, the third sister, who, when she shouts in the hangar, was it, was it worth it? Like an old man, the little girl, what, like, was it worth it? Cause now you're going to, to die. Um, and I, I feel like that's just kind of the whole, the most helpful lens maybe for this uh, uh, episode and where Obi-Wan uh, is. Cause I, cause I think, yeah, I, I like, uh, I think they're really doing justice to him and his character and I'm not sounding any alarm bells on Canon uh, or whatever else. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed him and I continue to enjoy uh, his journey, maybe just not as much this week. Yeah, I'm the same way. And and I think they I think he's still waiting his Qui-Gon glow up like I think that is coming. Um, But ultimately, I think they've I think it's done. I think they've done a good job of, you know, starting at a place where, hey, there can be some development here and you're starting to see some of that. Um, you know, I think he got a little bit more Jedi like this week, at least in terms of the powers and deflecting blaster bolts. And, you know, I think they retained this from one can to the next. But Obi-Wan's uh, lightsaber form was defensive. Right. So like his whole his whole training was about like not defending against lightsabers, but defending against blasters and that kind of thing, um, which is why Count Dooku 
destroys him every time they fight because Dooku's was all about, you know, sword sword play. Um, but it, it, it was good to see him like, oh, he's he's relearning that skill and, uh, you know, uh, getting some of that back and then obviously holding back the rushing water with the force. All that kind of stuff just shows he's kind of moving in that direction. So it's good to see. Can I say yeah. what's really funny to me? Like I in thinking of his like Jedi-ness and his um, uh, infiltration of the the fortress this week we see him go in i i guess it's just because of disney star wars has never really been gun shy about uh killing people uh or things but i it just it cracks me up because there's this kind of uh reversal of expectations where um there's a scene in this one where he he gets in underwater he, he swims up into the port and and he has to like get through a door on the other side of which is one stormtrooper uh right and so like they kind of do this thing and where the stormtrooper opens the door and he like comes out and grabs him, you know, and kind of like pulls him in. You remember that? And I think like, Oh, here we go. Like this, he's going to beat him up in the closet. And then then like, he's going to walk out as a stormtrooper or whatever else. Uh, But Nope, it just kind of changes. And you see the door open and you see the lifeless corpse of the (laughs) stormtrooper, like floating face down in the water. Like yeah. Obi-Wan just straight mobbed the guy. Uh, yeah. And that, that, like, I audibly laughed out loud uh, when that, because it's just like, you know, it's Disney. Uh, <laughs> like, I think there's a couple of things in this episode and, and in a couple of the previous episodes, more in this one, that are like border, kind of borderlining on camp. And I, yeah. and I can't tell how I feel about it. There's a part of me that's like, okay, this is fine. It's a little bit of like a wink wink kind of thing. But there's also a part of me that's like, no, this is Star Wars. This is serious. You know, that like that like the entire the entire scene of you know him walking in through the hangar with Leia like under his trench coat, which is just really funny visually. It's like, how would that ever work? So yeah. there's a part of me that's like, yeah, this is okay. But another part, I'm like, uh, is, is that just being lazy? You know it what I mean? Very I mean, much Austin Powers, right? Yes. Like, yeah. She could have just been on his head and it would have been just <laughs> as convincing. Just piggyback ride, lay out of there. Also not as convincing. Uh, look, I, I uh, absolutely admire their uh, confidence, but I do not know why two T-47 airspeeders was the agreed upon force to back them up here at this yeah. Inquisitor Fortress? Two airspeeders? Yeah, uh, how did they I even just, get that close? Do they not have like control? No, man. Uh, <laughs> but that that kind of cracked me up where it was two, and then everyone was so shocked that one of them went down. Um, right. so driving driving into the hangar was really great, right? Um, you they probably spun because uh, that's a neat trick, right? Um, like it was very much uh, Star, like in line with Star Wars. To your point, but it yeah. made me laugh. Yeah, and I, I, I think you're absolutely right. It is, it is kind of funny. It's like, oh, cool X wings. And then I saw the, heard the familiar sound of snow speeders, and I was like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> and and it was just, it was funny because like I was like, every shot you've seen so far of Emperor's like uh, the Fortress Inquisitorius, you've seen like Tie Fighters circling the thing the whole time, and I was just like. where are they they at like what's going on here like this is mighty convenient also also, where tala like snaps that guy's neck in the closet like we ran into difficulties and i was just like wow she straight up killed that guy dead i i also thought that scene with the snowspeeder looked really awkward with when the snowspeeder was just hanging there firing at reva and she was like 
deflecting the blaster bolts. It was just like so close and just, it looked, it just was not a good effect. Uh, I was half expecting her to like jump up and like stab the snow speeder. Cause it was just so close to each other in the frame. Like I thought they were setting something up and then it just, they just kind of stopped. And um, I thought that was really just strangely executed. So there's just a few, few places in here where I'm like, was Disney cheap with this? Like, did they, did they not give the budget they needed to really do this a hundred percent? Well, but yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. There've been a few, um, there've been a few articles I've seen online of people commenting on how this does feel like it's a step down in terms of like quality from like the Mandalorian the Mandalorian. Yeah. Not Boba Fett. It feels very similar to Boba Fett in a lot of ways, actually, in terms of some of the chintziness. Yeah. It is, it is fascinating to kind of like look at something like the Mandalorian. Like I always think of like that, the scene where um, Baby Yoda kind of gets swallowed by that sea monster and uh, Death Watch has to come and kind of save him. Um, and how well done that all is effect wise, right? It's kind of like the gold standard. Uh, and now it does like, yeah, those, those speeders felt like they didn't even, it looks like they didn't even finish painting them because they look just very <laughs> gray and generic um which is not what i'm used to seeing in terms of the like every kind of t14 snow speeder fits with the story though yeah it does um well i mean it's it's one of those things i this is just not to go back to this question but okay let's say that obi-wan when we started this series was at a zero in terms of like force power and ability um and then we'll say episode three when he has to fight he with vader he has to like somehow bring it up to a one (laughs) um and let's say this where would then you put him in this episode like in terms of like 10 is him at his height in episode three where would he be kind of in relation to that i don't know 2.5 three yeah three yeah that that, that sounds about right he's like he's like padawan levels here yeah do we think that he's gonna do some kids birthday parties that's right. <laughs> Do you think we're going to get him back to closer to where he was by the end of this? I mean, closer, closer. Yeah. Right. Like there, I'm still expecting some kind of like training scene with, with uh montage. Yeah. I, I always have, I mean, I just have a visual visualization of this in my mind of like Rocky four, like, like instead of like studying for the test, like, Oh man, all we've done is work out. Um, so I, I wonder if there's going to be a lot of people who are really upset because you and McGregor, he can still get it, you know, like he looks good. You're expecting that. Right. But I wonder if they're going to go a completely different direction where like, we never again see like, you know, the, the whole like episode three Anakin mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan, you know, I don't think people are expecting that, but like, you know obi-wan's the the culmination of obi-wan's journey is is not fighting back when vader kills him you know um right i feel like we're going to a much more like i feel like his his physical fighting is done in a sense right i mean obviously i think he'll get more competent i mean he can if he had had two blasters he'd have murdered that whole fortress um, <laughs> right yeah but, he's gotten really great with the blaster <laughs> yeah i think it's more peace and i think it's more you know i don't i don't know right like vader takes a lot to come to peace with but i yeah. i'm not sold on the direction this is going as far as like knowing where that is or, or how that looks yeah I, I mean one thing i will say this is just a short thing um like the 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 fact that he has struggled 
with um kind of using force powers and kind of like not being what we remember him in terms of his um combat acumen like it's really opened up a space for for ewan mcgregor to explore kind of some texture in obi-wan that i've appreciated like really struggling with his his place in the universe like the real i mean even when he's thinking about going to save leia like really like oh i'm supposed to be here for luke and um as kind of like a cover and just like his his fear right at realizing that anakin is still alive and facing him for the first time i think that's actually done really well i mean yet again we said this last last week here we have ewan mcgregor being one of the best things about star wars even even in the worst episodes right Mm -hmm. he still very much is able to communicate something very real i think like just that look on his face when he's struggling to move that bolt on the ship right like knowing what he needs to be and knowing what he is i think like that comes across really subtly and i I really appreciate that so and i'll I'll knock disney all day like not just for star wars but just for fun i understand but i think it is to a credit to the writing to the show and to the everyone involved like you can we can talk about pluses and minuses but like you you mentioned uh luke not my friend luke but the skywalker uh ray's dad or whatever um (laughs) uh, but like you know luke kind of came back in some ways uh in in kind of a similar spot like in episode seven eight you know like where it was like oh this is a different luke and he's been through some stuff and he's not who he was um but not once in obi-wan has anyone really said that i've heard like this doesn't make sense or i don't think this fits with the character yeah or you know like we're just not even having that conversation because we really do kind of feel like um i i think at least in a base level of, of story and personality that yeah this this absolutely makes sense and and we resonate with this this kind of journey here yeah that's a good point that's a really good point um the and i think that it's like that's that's a credit to the writing here and it's a credit to you and mcgregor um because we don't have that hard left turn into something unknown like you can see the the growth and in some sense like we have like the gap like we have where we left him at three we have where we pick him up at four and so obi-wan i mean Ian mcgregor right he is i think he's he's given that kind of really clear directive of like okay i know where i've come from i know where i'm going let's and i can visualize how to transition there um is is actually really cool um uh vader shows up again um i and again it, like he attacks reva with the failure piece it's it's a little weird that he's he's so like oblivious to that plan but again i'm not sold that that plan was like super well executed in terms of story um did you have something luke I, I was gonna say i thought he i thought he changed his mind a little too quickly there like i've, I've some part of me feels like old school and obviously reba has plot armor but part of me feels like old school vader like when she's like ah there's a tracking device he would have been like oh great and he would have killed her and then just gone after them himself you know like like just gotten rid of her and then gone you know gotten the tracking info and just you know done, yeah, done, done, the- it, done his own thing you know yeah and i think that i don't know how you guys feel about this like ever since i've learned this information i feel like this is pretty pretty interesting too like the 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 same thing we have like we know where we leave vader like with anakin in episode three we know who we get in rogue one and episode four he's much more plotting and kind of calm 
and he's been a lot more kind of like angry and agitated here which is more in line with who he was as Anakin and one of the things I've really enjoyed and I found this out we found this out last week they are using James Earl Jones voice like with kind of like a computer mod but mixed with Hayden Christensen's voice and I really I really was able to tell that in that scene this is the first time where I was able to be like yeah that actually does sound a little bit like Hayden Christensen mixed with a James Earl Jones um, sounds like something he would say the action that he would take and then also very heavily James Earl Jones. I felt like that was actually really cool. So yeah, he still, still sounds great, which is great. Cause he didn't sound, he didn't sound good in rogue one. Um, no, he didn't. That was, that was not ideal, but uh, yeah, he's, he's been great in this. Don't so, uh, so my, my favorite, I think my favorite uh, moment of the entire episode so far was um when you know they lose when they lose the speeder you know t47 goes down and um forget that guy's name and is is he you guys know is he the kid from yeah Dak, yeah is he the kid from the matrix is it wade i don't know wade yeah wade is wade from the matrix i don't know let's see is wade the kid from the matrix because he looks a lot like that kid but that was also 23 years ago doesn't look anything like keanu reeves i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah he looks really looks really uh similar to keanu anyway um see if see if henry can find that but anyway my i think the best part of the episode was um also a little bit insensitive but when wade doesn't come back and um tala is like well you're soldiers now you know because i think that is kind of how a how a rebellion or how like kind of an army like that probably takes shape is people kind of resisting um but then at some point like stuff gets real and you lose the first person and it's like okay now we're you know now we really have stakes in this so i thought that was an interesting interesting line um (laughs) she's like you're soldiers now you know yeah and in some sense they're like you still haven't gotten to the swell that we get. And maybe this is kind of one of the points that builds to that, but the swell that we get to at Rogue One, um, where there is kind of more of an established kind of underground. Um, like, and you have someone like Jen or so who can step into that role and kind of ignite this fire, right? That will be the rebellion. We, I mean, we didn't even talk about this, but I think it is a cool uh, moment. The, the, the rebellion emblem, right? You know? uh and and just like i'm i'm so uh yeah i don't know i i was gonna use some insider language there and say i really marked out for that but um no like i i love the, just the kind of like ground up you know kind of just etched into the walls where it's it's like the empire like takes it you know because they're like what is this um and see it coming like i really enjoy that direction and so part part of me that that's why I have such hope for where this is going now, as far as like the stakes being raised and seeing kind of a resistance, um, yeah. you know, like maybe, maybe this show is kind of what showcases the, uh, hate to plug the park rise of the resistance. So <laughs> to speak, uh, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And Luke, you said this once a long time ago and I really actually, really resonate with this because most of what we see in terms of like the resistance of the empire throughout star wars has always been kind of like the a-team like luke and and leia and han kind of like these like invincible people like always escaping the clutches of the of the empire and you know beating them and things like that or the victories but you know like the central crew that never die um 
but you know when we look at for example like rogue one and this is the first time we ever saw something like this like the resistance really is just a bunch of people who don't have special powers um really aren't that anything kind of like extraordinary in themselves but kind of just do the things that are required of them and and die kind of unknown to the rest of the world like all those bop and spies right <laughs> you know it's just so it's just it's and I, I think there's something really profound about that and for me it's always visualized by like Jen or so like on top of that tower getting the uh uh getting the kind of plans for the death star and you know in the trailer she was walking down this ramp just with a blaster and a limp and and she's taking on like a tie fighter that's not how it take goes into the movie but nonetheless that's the kind of thing and tala here is i hate to bring it back to this like she encapsulates a lot of like what the resistance is for me this person who's just kind of being brave and standing up to the empire right and 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 like you know not knowing if she's going to survive she's just kind of bluffing it um until she fake it till you make it kind of thing Mm. and it's just kind of like one of the unsung heroes i mean like she's up there risking her life and obi-wan's like tala 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 like you know like down in the basement that kind of thing and she's just like very much like trying to guide him through a thing while also not being discovered (laughs) and um yeah like i said that's that's my favorite line of the episode maybe the series so far is just this is never who i was um it's such kind of a cool like um like uh awesome thing to say back to this inquisitor um and there's yeah she's not a jedi she's not an admiral she's just a spy right for the for the resistance yeah yeah and uh and uh you just mentioned uh, I, I did laugh chuckle a little bit with uh the com link you know that's sitting there on the on the desk that looks really similar to the shot from a new hope, you know, when it's right. But, but I'm like, does they have volume controls on those things? Like, is it just, they've it's got two, vo- two volumes off and shout. And that's, that's, <laughs> it. that's so great. That's so true. The and whole infiltration was just a little bit, I, I don't know if campy is the right word, but you know, like even uh, my wife watching with me was like, uh, we, you know, when she kind of bluffs her way through, you know, she's like, does that have to work in every movie? Like, yeah. just the faith. And then when uh, someone's like, you're you're in the wrong place in this very secure facility. Uh, and, and she's like, hey, can I talk to you behind that wall for a second? You know? <laughs> <laughs> if it's the only move you ever need. It that just dark corner over there. Can we go over there? Lying there, you know. Like, it's just... you see that fire extinguisher? Yeah, um, exactly. very much that kind of energy. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, like, just straight up snaps the guy's neck, like right there. And again, no one notices. No one notices. Like in this hyper secure facility, you're able to, like, for another thing. Like, you'd think that there would be like cameras somewhere, just seeing Obi Wan just walking around downstairs. Um, they put and him I don't know the droids. Yeah, just... that's right. Like, it is. It is pretty great. Like, she guides him pretty perfectly through the uh, the hunter droids and everything like that. I mean, one element that we haven't talked about, just really quick is the tomb at the bottom of fortress and inquisitus um inquisitorious right mm-hmm. um with all these mixed characters from clone wars from phantom menace from uh, revenge of the sith and even a youngling who still has the little like hat on yeah that was that was that was interesting i love the idea that they couldn't take off the hat <laughs> because if they did we'd have no clue what that was supposed to be yep right is that anakin is that young anakin that's right and why one of them like why just like the one like very clearly like from that scene where 
there's in the room and Master Skywalker, we locked ourselves in here, which gets me every time, just right in the gut. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, like they they like took him from there, I guess, because he's fully dressed as a Jedi, like he's not hiding it. Like, did is is uh did Anakin be like, you know what? I'm gonna start my interior decorating. I know we got important stuff going on here, but I'm keeping this. Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's that's what it felt like. Is like, where did that kid come from? That he's like fully dressed in Jedi Temple garb plus the Jedi Temple face shield thing. <laughs> like that felt a little weird. Um, just unidentified, right? Who is this for? Yeah. Like, what's the? I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah. so my, my thought was what is the what what is the point of those? Exactly. Um, and I and I don't know. Yeah, do like is it trophies? Like, hey, look at all the Jedi we've killed, or are they alive and they're like draining off their like force energy? Is it somehow yeah. like a dark side nexus thing? I don't know. Like, is there a purpose or is it basically just a museum of horrible? you know conquest i don't know yeah i mean that my first inclination was was like it feels like a trophy um thing yeah, but which like is what i thought too but which is weird because you'd think that but if they were alive you'd think that they would maybe put them in carbonite as kind mm-hmm. of like a continuity right. thing like they're kind of yeah. like preserved in amber since it's the inquisitorious structure like it might have something to do with inquisitor training Oh yeah, like that is like a showcase or learning material. I don't know. Maybe it's the setup for uh, the Jurassic Park crossover when they will inevitably clone the Jedi and they will reproduce asexually. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they released the names, and this is where obviously, like the casual fan, like I'm sure the casual fan looking at this who has who's probably never watched the Clone Wars and doesn't really like have like a like a like a shot by shot knowledge of the phantom menace and the revenge of the sith like they probably wouldn't recognize this like it feels a little like like that austin power scene where these people are just randomly frozen right in time i i wonder like because one of the like it, it feels very museum-esque right but you yeah. can tell that like obi-wan is like he knows obviously who these people are because some of them are like um like we talked about Terra Sanub um who's from the clone wars um apo i think rancis saint rancisus i don't know um from the phantom menace and then coleman uh, kajak um he's from uh revenge of the sith but it's it's interesting like he knows who they are maybe that's something he'll come back to like because he obviously saw it but we don't really know where he's gonna take this in kind of his own way so but yeah that's so that, i mean that's basically episode four um again i i think i feel like it sounded like a broken record like no idea where we're gonna go from here i'm assuming they're gonna follow the tracker that's where we're left off with so um it will be interesting to see how these different characters come in um like how we get back to tatooine um because we're probably gonna see more of owen lars um what happens with reva um all this kind of stuff too so um any kind of final thoughts or, or anything about the show or where we're going or um, anything we didn't cover you guys want to talk about? I just have, my last words would be, I have a breaking insider Star Wars fan theory, and that is that Darth Vader got so good at force choking people by choking out every civic engineer who suggested building 
a military structure on a normal city street. That's right. Yeah. Or block. <laughs> because if there's one thing that man is committed to, dang it, it is building stuff where stuff ain't supposed to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Volcano, the... ocean, bring it. Yeah. That is so funny. Like, because it is very much like you feel like, um, since this is in the same system as the moose like mustafa and and everything it feels like very much polar opposite of the like his castle that we see in in uh rogue one but yeah and i mean even with exegol like that's a structure built in a place that no one's supposed to be (laughs) so it's just like this he did really actually take out every civic engineer who had like normal building plans this is this is a this is a rogue one thing but since we're talking about planets if I'm going to be stationed anywhere in Star Wars, I want to be stationed on Scarif, at least before it blows up. Because <laughs> that is, Scarif is beautiful. Like of all the of all the places we've seen in Star Wars, most of them are horrible. Scarif looks like a place that you would like go to go on vacation in January. Yeah, because you know? it's like this, or take a cruise to this place is amazing. So yeah, yeah. popped into my head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is that is one thing like to ask like is there anywhere in the galaxy that you would like to go like the uh coruscant always stressed me out as a kid because the whole city was like the whole planet was a city i was like that sounds awful um i hate that (laughs) but um yeah i don't know that's interesting well (laughs) tune in to our next episode where we just cover all the places we'd like to visit in the star wars universe um but yeah that about top 20 desert planets that's right (laughs) from obi-wan there's so many. <laughs> I, I think they're gonna make just. They have to visit Jakku just for, just for posterity's sake. Um, maybe him and Tala are actually uh, um, Ray Skywalker's parents. They're gonna retcon the whole Palpatine thing. Oh, there we go. Um, but it, it also continues the. I mean, there's just so many fun things about this. Like the everyone's related to somebody. Like the like the tease about Obi Wan's brother. Um, like, is that gonna yeah. come back in some way? Like, I mean, every everyone meaningful in Star Wars has to be related to someone else meaningful. Um, but we'll see. It, we'll see if Obi-2 shows up. Um, okay. Well, that's about, that'll about do it for tonight. Uh, we'll be back next week with our recap of episode five. Uh, we're getting close to the end of this. And so it'll be interesting to see where we go from here. I imagine, and this is just me knocking on wood, we'll have a lot more answers probably. Um, next week i mean certainly we won't have less uh, um but uh we will be there with you uh, you can also check out uh, my review of the first episode of uh miss marvel if that's something that you are interested in and stay tuned for kyle and i to come back together and to reflect on the multiverses of uh everything uh, every everything everywhere all at once and the doctor strange sequel movie But we'll be here next time. Hope you guys are doing well, staying safe, and we will see you here next time on the Art House Roadshow. And that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us on Art House Roadshow. We'll see you next time.